your mercy, for your grace, that I would not be here. Neither none of us would be here apart from your mercy, your grace. I say this in first prayer, and then I'll make that confession. Bienvenidos, Espíritu Santo. Bienvenidos, Espíritu We welcome the Holy Spirit. Father, we thank you that our minds are attentive. Our hearts are receptive. We thank you, Lord, we're about to receive the incorruptible in seed of the living God. And my heart is receptive. My mind is alert to receive this word that brings forth fruit, that, that accomplishes all that God sends it out to do and to be. Father, we thank you that we are a good ground here. We bring forth the 30, the 60, the 100-fold in this church. Father, we thank you that we're the good ground that brings forth your good fruit. And Jesus, you said that I, you appointed us, I appointed you, that you bring forth fruit. And Father, we declare we will bring forth good fruit to glorify the Father in Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. Amen. Alan, I bless you. I'm sure you've been dealing with floodwaters and moving things. Okay. Well, I pray you don't have to move anything. We decree that water go down. It go down in Jesus' name. Isn't God good? Lord, we bless you. We bless you. I tell you, we need to keep praying for our country. The Senate's going to be hearing this Equality Act bill in the next few days. And, and it just, it, it's, it's very harmful. Uh, if it becomes law, it will, for the first time ever in America, it will force everyone to comply with the devastating LGBT plus Q agenda. We absolutely must stop the Equality Act in the Senate. It will not just infringe on religious freedom in America. It will obliterate it. So, something to pray about. Lord, we cry out to you for our nation. Lord, we ask you to intervene against this bill in our nation. And Lord, I pray your kingdom come in the government of this nation. Lord, we ask you to intervene. We ask you to expose, deal with unrighteous government in Jesus' name. <clears throat> and Holy Spirit, we so welcome you. We welcome you this morning. Well, I'm glad you're here this morning. Aren't you glad the Lord's here? Aren't you glad he's... He's faithful. Well, I just want to talk about the importance of Jesus and His Word in our daily lives. The importance of, of the cross and, and the Holy Spirit. And uh, I hope you're reading that Word for today. I've got two or three messages out of that this week. For instance, uh, the word enthusiasm means possessed or inspired by God. We ought to be enthusiastic then. Possessed, inspired by God. That was in our devotional this week. And you know, I know we've prayed for this country. Second Chronicles 7.14 was in there this week. And if my people who are called by my name, four things. It says if we'll humble themselves and pray 
and seek his face and turn from our wicked ways. Then I'll hear from heaven and we'll forgive their sin and we'll heal their land. Well, Lord, I, I believe you've humbled America even more in this election. They're Christians anyway. And Lord, I know we've prayed. I, I, I believe we've turned from our wicked ways. And Lord, I pray we've sought your face, not just your blessings. So I know you will come and heal our land. I hope you brought your word this morning. Listen, the word's good. We need the word. And make some notes in it, write in it, and do some things. I want to preach out of Second uh, Thessalonians this morning. Lord, we just bless you. All scripture is good. I love uh, Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. I'll say this while you're finding Thessalonians. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. Our own understanding has left us, led us down some wrong roads. In all your ways acknowledge Him. Acknowledge Jesus and He'll make your path straight. Lord, thank you. In 2 Thessalonians, this is a church that was founded by Paul. Of course, most of these churches were, and he's writing them back letters. But I want to show you how it was founded. In Acts chapter 17 is the story. Now, I know you've done a lot of things that you didn't think amounted to anything that something good can come out of. I've talked to two people this week, both in their 40s, that have called me from one from the state, one from out of country. And you know, just little things you've done over the years, God will use those things that you think went for nothing. But let me read you Paul's story. Now, I don't remember whether I gave... Leah, I might not have gave you this scripture. I don't know if I did or not. Okay. See, that's why you need to bring your word. Now, when they had traveled through the country, they came to Thessalonica, and there was a synagogue of the Jews. And according to Paul's custom, now Paul went to church, see? He went to them and for three Sabbaths reasoned with them from the scriptures, explaining and giving evidence that Christ had to suffer and rise again from the dead, uh, that, he's preaching the gospel right there. Saying, this Jesus whom I'm proclaiming to you is Christ. And some of them were persuaded and joined Paul and Silas along with a large crowd of the God-fearing Greeks and a number of the leading women. But the Jews became jealous and taking along some wicked men from the marketplace formed a mob to set the city in an uproar and attacked the house of Jason. They were seeking to bring them out to the people, skipping down to verse 10. The brethren immediately sent Paul and Silas away by night by Tiberia, and when they arrived, they went into the synagogue of the Jews. Now, out, out of that meeting came the church of the Thessalonians. 
<coughs> Did you have to wade water to get in? Okay. Well, I'm glad you made it. You know, I've read that story for years, and I never thought about that being the start of the church in Thessalonica. I mean, he preached three weeks there, got run out of town. But God did enough that he planted a church in that region. So don't, don't underestimate what you've done in the kingdom of God. You've got seeds sown that will keep coming up. Your prayers will get answered. Just because, you know, we got instant oatmeal, but... Everything's not that way in the kingdom of God. Sometimes God just moves, but sometimes it takes a while. But reading these stories just remind me of how faithful our God really is. So back to the book of 2 Thessalonians. <clears throat> and I got in this just from my daily reading. In fact... I'll normally I'll read some Psalms and I'll read Proverb and I'll read something in the New Testament. Maybe later in the day I'll read something in the Old Testament. <clears throat> but I read this. I stayed in this same book three or four days this week. Just trying to really hear what the Lord's saying in that. And... Um, I preach wherever God's got me. So let me just read some of this scripture to you. Now Paul's got <clears throat> Silvanus, who is Silas, and Timothy with him, so he wasn't just going alone. To the church of the Thessalonians, in God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. So the church is in God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. And he says, Grace to you and peace from God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. And see, he includes them all together. We ought always to give thanks to God for you, brethren, as it is only fitting because your faith is greatly enlarged and the love of each one of you toward one another grows even greater. Now, I praise God for your faith. And I declare your faith is, has been enlarged, is being enlarged. And I can say that because I see what God's doing in your lives. And how you're allowing God to work in and through your lives. And that's what Paul's saying to that group of people. Your faith is greatly enlarged. And then the love of you toward one another grows greater. That we have more love for those in the body of Christ. Well, we're to love those outside also. But he's complimenting them in there for that. But verse 4 says, Therefore, we ourselves, he said, we speak proudly of you among the churches of God for your perseverance and faith. Now, there's been some perseverance go on. Per it takes perseverance to live. And listen, I'm not just talking about COVID. Everyone in here has been through something 
harder and more difficult than COVID. You've went through it with your job. You've lost a job. You've been, uh, you've had more bills than there was money. You've had a family issue. You've had a death. You've had a divorce. You've had a tragedy in your life. Do Christians suffer? Yeah, they suffer. He's talking about them, your perseverance and faith in the midst of your persecutions and afflictions which you endured. He said they endured them. And he said, that's why I can see your faith has been greatly enlarged because of what you go through. Well, we don't choose on our own to go through troubles. We, don't, we want to go around them. I mean, that's just built in, in us. But sometimes it seems like the Holy Spirit of God just, you know, I'm trying to get around them. And he says, uh, I'm, I'm right back here. I'm right in the middle of this, what you're calling a mess. And I'm, I'm not going to lead you around it. I promise you I'll lead you through the trouble is what he's doing. But look at verse 5. This is a plain indication of God's righteous judgment. Now what's God's righteous judgment? The perseverance you've been through? No, you've persevered. He said, the afflictions that you've endured is a plain indication of God's righteous judgment. So you will be considered worthy of the kingdom of God for which indeed you are suffering. Now, he knew more about suffering than we knew. How many times was he shipwrecked? He spent a night in the deep. He was stoned so many. He was beaten, I believe, five times. I know he was stoned and left for dead once. I mean, the man writing this understood suffering. And so many times, <clears throat> and I've went through this in my life, when something wasn't working, I would think I must be wrong. But that's not always true. It just means there is an adversary that wants to stop you from walking through fulfilling what God has for you. He doesn't just move out of the road and say, oh, here, they want this, I'll quit. No, he says, if I'll battle them long enough, they'll give up on it. And it, it, it takes faith. We have to live by faith. We have, that's why we need the Word of God. That's why we need the Holy Spirit in our lives. That's why we have to take time to get alone just by ourselves where we can just say, Lord, I thank you. You said you wouldn't put more on me than I could bear. And I just have to say, I know my flesh just wants to cry out. And yet the Word of God says we need to reckon our flesh dead. That old nature dead. That we see what God's doing. And my friend Jerry Dobbs said this years ago. He'd had a great business here in town. Had a pizza parlor on the other end of town until they opened a franchise up on this end of town and just shut him down. 
And he went through a lot of months of just trying to hear God and find out where, what the next move was. And he, he started saying this, God, I guess if you can put up with this, I can. And there's some things that are just that way. Well, his story turned out really, really great. But perseverance. Everything you get, you get from God by faith, but you keep on keeping on keeping on. <clears throat> My friend Paul Seeker's got a poem he wrote about that, and it's called Plow On. And the first verse is plow on, plow on, plow on. And the 99th verse is plow on, plow on, plow on. Just keep going. Keep believing that God is and He is a rewarder of those that diligently seek Him. But it's with perseverance. Everything doesn't just always work out. Dixie had a cake bubble over and big mess yesterday. But I guess we'll live through it. I mean, it's been terrible, but, you know. But I mean, when it's on your watch, it's a mess at the time. It's a mess when things are wrong in your family. It's a mess if there's something wrong between you and your family. It's a mess when somebody on the job and you, you're on different pages. And you can feel that spirit working there that's not of God. Let me tell you, that's what it is. You need to rebuke the powers of darkness. Because God puts us in some unusual places. I've been... Often doing things and at horse shows, and I'd, I'd be tired and it'd get late, and it was still going on. <clears throat> Lord, I know it's your will for me to be here. My flesh didn't like it, but there's times we get in places like that. But that's where He's put us. We just need to be sure we're being led by Him, don't we? You know, if I got out there on my own, I've got out there on my own, I wish I could have got out of it. But it says kind of sometimes we have sweared our own hurt. Lord, you're so good. See, he is faithful. He, he's going to work out what you need. This is plain indication of God's righteous judgment. So you'll be considered worthy of the kingdom of God which indeed you are suffering. He knows. Doesn't it say he's caught all your tears? He, he knows all about us and still loves us. That's the good news. He still loves us. There's no record of my sin in heaven because I've confessed it. The blood of Jesus cleanses us. He made us a new creation and he's put us to live and function and be the light of God in this day wherever he sends us. And the more you yield to him, the more places he'll send you. The more opportunities he'll give you. He'll put you in a place where you've either got to go ahead and witness for him or backslide one. Then you're, oh, I wish I had of. I wish I had of. And you, you need to know where you're going. There's some places you go in. I got in one this week. I realized this place is pretty dark. It's pretty dark. Then I got to thinking about who owned it and the businesses that were in it. And see, none of them are God. I don't believe God-fearing. So there's, there's darkness all around us. 
But what are, who are we? We're to bring the light. I should have went in and said, hey, I'm here. This thing's changing. I didn't realize how dark it was until I got out of it. It wants to stop us in those things. Verse 6. For after all, it is only just to repay with affliction those who afflict you. Now God will do it. After all, it's only just for God to repay with affliction those who afflicted you. You, we've got to remember this verse too. Vengeance is mine, says the Lord. He'll handle it. Let him handle it. Let him handle it. He'll work out what you need. He'll work out what you need. He is faithful. He'll do that. Lord, I, I just bless you. To give relief to you who are afflicted and to us as well, when, oh, here's when the release going to come. When the Lord Jesus will be revealed from heaven with his mighty angels in flaming fire. Well, that'll be total relief then. But there are times of reprieve in life. I mean, you may be in a battle. You may be coming out of a battle. You may be get getting ready to go into a battle. But there's usually some reprieve. But God will repay those who have afflicted you and give you relief in these times. And see, this is why it says, and a lot of people don't believe, the Lord Jesus will be revealed from heaven with his mighty angels in flaming fire. You know, ever, ever since even uh, John wrote, uh, talked about in the last days, it's been the last days since the book of John. So a lot of people have said, I had an attorney friend, and he said something. He said, that's as slow as the second coming. I said, it's not as sure, though. The second coming, it, it, it's going to come. Jesus is going to come back. He's coming back after some people today. But see, as a church as a whole... We have a tendency to forget this. There's so many. There's a lot of churches don't proclaim the cross of Jesus Christ and the blood of Jesus as the way, the only way to get to God. That's still the only way. That hadn't changed. It never will. It still took the death of Jesus and us accepting Him for us to get to heaven. It's not because we're here today. You can't be here three weeks in a row. or I can say I've been here 30 years, but that's, so what? That's nothing if you don't know Jesus. Amen. If he's not the Lord of your life. That's the foundation, and we never get away from that. But we need to keep believing. He is a rewarder of those that diligently seek him. But there it will be a time he'll come back with his angels that it's talking about in that verse. He, when Jesus is revealed from heaven with his mighty angels in flaming fire. Can you see those angels of flaming fire? Lord, we welcome your ministering angels today to deal out retribution to those who do not know God and to those who do not obey the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. 
that is still going to happen. That's going to happen. In fact, I suspect it probably already is of those that's gone on. These will pay the penalty. These that haven't accepted Jesus, hadn't obeyed the gospel, will pay the penalty of eternal destruction away from the presence of the Lord and from the glory of His power. See, hell is being away from God. But I believe there is a literal hell also. These will pay the penalty of eternal destruction away from the presence of the Lord and from the glory of His power. When He comes to be glorified in His saints on that day. You know, you've probably all heard the story. I heard the story of a, a missionary been overseas for 20 or 30 years and he come home and there was a great crowd gathered. There was a band there playing and he had the thought, I'm home. I'm going to get welcomed home. But you know, there was a movie star, I believe, on there. And that great welcome was for him. You know, sometimes, I mean, we all need some attaboys. We all need a pat on the back sometimes. And this guy thought he was going to really get welcome there. But someday, I mean, we'll get our welcome when we get home. We'll get that. That's what he talked about a while ago. And he said, dealing out retribution. But when he comes to be glorified in his saints on that day, see, he's going to be glorified in us and to be marveled at among all who have believed for our testimony to you was believed. See, we've believed that testimony. And to this end also, we pray for you always that our God will count you worthy of your calling. What about your calling? He wants to count you worthy of your calling. Now look, every calling doesn't mean to stand up here. Yeah. But everybody's got a calling. Absolutely. You be faithful in your calling. I may not know what yours is. You don't know what all mine are. But you just be faithful in it. You be faithful in it. Rhonda's believing for her family. Several of you are believing for family. We probably all are believing for somebody in our family. Probably none of us has got it. Everybody in our family is saved and on their way to heaven or living for the Lord. I mean, there's things to believe God for. But think about your, your job. Think about your hobbies. Think about your sports. Think about your family. Where does God fit in those things? How, how do you make that stand? Well, I, I believe God will show you how to do that. I don't think there's a pat answer for that. It's not just standing up and say, hey, y'all, y'all, you guys all know you're going to hell, don't you? That might have worked one day. I think they've got to know we care first. And yet we are responsible to live it out and to proclaim it. 
And we've all got our ways. Your way might not be mine. And your way will continue to improve on how you do that as you learn, as you, as you go along. And how, do you, how do you share your faith? I still don't want to be one that somebody I knew well and they said, I never knew that you were a Christian. We ought to have enough evidence in our lives that they can see it. That evidence doesn't mean that we have to carry a Bible around with us. It doesn't mean that we've got to preach to all of them. But it means they can tell by our lives that there's something different about it. What makes you get up and do the things you do? What's different about your life than your neighbor? It ought to be the Lord Jesus Christ. It ought to be evident within us. Lord, forgive us for when it's not. See, the Spirit of God come to live in you when you got saved. When you were born again, God's Spirit's within you. You got all of God, but obviously He didn't get all of you. Very few people at salvation understand everything God's got for them and yield everything they've, they've got to God. To know who God is. And as we go along, we continue to yield areas of our life to Him and the Holy Spirit's presence grows within us. His presence is gaining within us. His, Holy, His, His Spirit within us wants to exalt Jesus Christ. Wherever we go, that doesn't mean that we don't have a job. It doesn't mean we don't have chores to do. It means we need to make Jesus known. And, and I'm telling you, I know as a church we've turned too much inward. We're, we don't have enough out, outreach. We're not reaching enough people. Have you got a lost person you're praying for? You got a lost friend? You know, and I know sometimes as we witness, we, they move away from us and such as. But the Lord's put some couple people in my life. One of them might be saved. I don't know, but I've talked to you. I've, one lady, and she says, no, she knows she's not saved. Well, I, I'm praying for her. I'm praying for her family. I mean, God puts us around people for a purpose. Bob, we're praying for your family. See, God's got a plan and, and purpose that God will count you worthy of your calling and will fulfill every desire for goodness and the work of faith with power so that the name of our Lord Jesus Christ will be glorified in you. See, that's God's will for our lives that the Lord Jesus Christ will be glorified in our lives now while we're on earth. We know they will be in eternity, in heaven. In you, in him, according to the grace of our God and the Lord Jesus Christ. See, that's where he wants us to live and, and move. I think this chapter is It lays out a lot of things. It lays out the gospel in it, but it also talks about Jesus coming back. To give you relief, you who are afflicted, 
and to us as well. When the Lord Jesus will be revealed from heaven with his mighty angels in flaming fire, dealing out retribution to those who do not know God. God's going to deal with people that don't accept him. And I'm going to tell you, everybody will get a chance. He's, he's ministered to them some way or other. To those who do not know God and to those who do not obey the gospel of our Lord Jesus. Now that would include a lot of Christians to me. They claim to be saved, but they, they don't want to walk with God. They don't want to obey the gospel. It says, these will pay the penalty of eternal destruction away from the presence of the Lord and from the glory of his power when he comes to be glorified in the saints on that day and to be marveled at among all who have believed. For our testimony to you was believed. There's so many things in that, just in those few verses, that just have challenged me. You know, he is coming back. It's just easy to think, uh, someone will say, they've, they've seen time going on through 2050. That's fine. I don't know when it's going to end. But I pray that we bring more people into the kingdom. That's our, that's our job. That's what we're about. We're to let our light shine. Angel's handing out the Word for Today books. She's believing for her family to come in. I mean, we've all got different ways of attracting people. I got a letter today from a man that lives in Arizona. He's a believer. He loves our little book. And he writes me about a book. He's late 70s or 80s, and you can't believe his handwriting is so good. And it's just like reading the Bible because it's just all scriptures that he writes out. He sent us $20 because we'd sent him that little book. You know, but wherever he's at, he's a light. And I met him at a meeting, and it was the first time I knew he'd been in that meeting, so I just... You know, you can tell somebody needs a friend. They're trying to fit in. Just let Jesus be Jesus in you. He's coming back. And He's coming back after a church that's triumphant, not one that's defeated. Listen, now, everybody doesn't want in. But some, some do. And they've just never had the gospel really presented to them in the right way or to see who Jesus really is. Everyone in them's got a, a part of where they need God. Because God created them to be His people, but He loves us enough that He says, now you've got a choice. You can come with me, or you can spend eternity in hell. That's their choice. They just don't believe it's real. And a lot of, listen, there's a lot of Christians believe everybody's going to be saved. I think you could tear that page out, the Bible that I just read, if that's true. Why, why the gospel if everybody's going to spend an eternity in heaven? Why did Jesus go to the cross to redeem us from the curse? 
tell you, there, there's, this next chapter gets into a lot of that, and I just didn't know whether I had time to do it or not. This morning I'll do that next week. It talks about the deception. And Lord, deliver us as Christians from areas we're blinded and deceived in. Deliver us. Holy Spirit, give us revelation to be who you've called us to be. In Jesus' name. And that's my word for today. Now, if he said something to you, I'll give you time to share what he's given you. For we just praise the Lord and close that way. Paula, I'm glad you made it in through the water. <laughs> Lord, we bless you. Lord, we bless you. Well, let's just have a time of prayer and praise as we close this morning. And if you've got a need you want me or someone else to pray with you about, we'd be pleased to do that. Or if you just want to come to the altar, just say, Lord, I want to fulfill what you have for me, the call you have on my life. I want to fulfill that. Lord, we just welcome you this morning. Let's just stand and bless him today. We bless you, King Jesus. We choose to honor you today.